Hey, it's Sarah. And I'm Erin. And this is 31 Nights of Scary Shit. We're back. We're back again. We keep saying that at the beginning of every episode, but I think we're shocking ourselves that we keep doing it. I am amazed we're back. (laughs) I'm just saying it is one year. This is one year, so I feel like we do actually need to keep up the daily episodes in October, and we're doing a good job. I'm having fun with it. We're having fun, and we're going to give you a fun update this coming weekend on an episode that we did last year. Yes, we are. Um, But we're not going to tell you, so it's a super surprise. Um, but yeah, we have an ep- uh, update coming on its one year anniversary of that episode, which is kind of cool. Yes. Very exciting. I but... can't promise it'll be exciting, but I'm doing it. So, well, it's exciting because it's a year old. Yes. You know, what year, I mean? like, yes, it you is. Know, we're, we're doing a follow up, a follow up, if you will, which is fun. Yes. A follow up update situation. The good, the cutest thing is the podcast, at least one of our podcast uh, participants has been with us through this mega recording session we've done. You know, because obviously we're not doing this every day, friends. But um, anyway, so let's get into today's episode. Today's episode, we're getting, you know, I talked a few episodes back about how I wanted to get into more international shit. (laughs) Because honestly, there's so many things that I have never looked at that are horrifying from other countries. Yes. Absolutely horrifying. And this is maybe not horrifying. It's mostly sad. It's kind of sad. Yeah, it's mostly sad. But there are parts of it which have been created into like a horror situation as a means of scaring children so that's super fun um but anyway we're going to be talking about la girona which hopefully i'm pronouncing correctly or la girona depending on what part of the world you're speaking spanish in fun facts Mm -hmm. i looked it up i heard three different pronunciations i'm acknowledging both it's not my sharona it's not my sharona like we were singing earlier um so you might be thinking to yourself great movie uh, but it's actually an even better folklore and legend. Yeah. So La Llorona is like a movie that came out, I don't even know how many years ago, it but it's like, kind of, it was kind of lame. It was pretty lame. It was kind of lame. I enjoyed it. Aaron clearly did not enjoy it. It wasn't scary. It wasn't scary. Sto- it was creepy. Like the story itself is scary, but yeah. the movie was not scary. Yeah. So this one is, um, so I always find that the real story behind a movie or a book or a show is way better and more mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah. And this is, this is no different. Um, by the way, I did ask my my boyfriend to help me with these pronunciations because they're they are all in Spanish, but I will probably say them incorrectly. So <laughs> be prepared for that. Um, but you know, I don't want to come across like I don't care. Like I, I actually like I can't remember what we just Googled. Um the pronunciation So chill. Yeah, I think that's what it was. Anyway, so let's start. The legend has a wide variety of details and versions. But in the typical version of the legend, a beautiful woman named Xochil, Xochil marries a rich ranchero or conquistador, it's mm-hmm. interchangeable in some of these stories, Yeah, um, with whom she bears two children with, okay, so two young children. One day she sees her husband with another woman, and in a fit of blind rage, she drowns their children in a river, which she immediately regrets. Yeah. I do... I don't want to get into too much of it, but it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. Those two pieces together. No, that's just me unable to save them and consumed by guilt. She drowns herself as well, but is unable to enter the afterlife because she's killed her children (laughs) forced to be in purgatory and roam the earth until she finds her children. So that's a, the very traditional telling of the story. And now of course, over the course of time, the story gets changed and adapted 
to the times and the people using the story. So in the movie, they take that as she's searching for children. So she's going to snatch children in the night. Right. And this is used as a way of scaring children into not like wandering off or into um, staying up at night because she'll come and get you if you're uh-huh. up. Um, anyway, in another version of the story, her children are illegitimate. Mm-hmm. So she's the other woman and she drowns them so that their father cannot take them away to be raised by his new wife. <laughs> Jeez. Um, much more colorful this one. And I hate to say this, the drowning seems to make more sense. You know, like the, I'm not saying drowning children is a logical series of steps, but in this story, it seems more like, okay, she kills them because she doesn't want them to leave her. Whereas the other ones, it seems like she kills them because they're her children with him. The other the one is motivated more by jealousy. The other one is motivated more by protection in an odd yeah, way. Yeah, in a very strange way. Yeah. Um, not to say I understand child murderers, no, but you know but, what I'm where I'm going with yeah. that. And yet another wor- version of it, this one more quote authentic. I'm not sure what the article I um not sure of why the article used that word, but it may you may see what I mean once I tell you what it what the story is. The most common lore about La Llorona is, uh, La Llorona is, um, includes her initially being an indigenous woman mm-hmm. who murdered her own children, which she bore with a Spaniard. Because at this time, after he abandoned her, so punish the woman, not the man, essentially. So in this, he comes in, has sex with her. She has two kids. He leaves her and she kills them like she doesn't want to be reminded yeah. Of that situation. Yeah. Which, again, makes a little bit more sense than the other stories, if you're thinking about it. But you have to remember, these this story originated back where when uh, Spain started to colonize. Mm-hmm. So you could see where it would be like a colonialism yeah. is bad kind of thing. Or colonialism is good, depending on how you work the story. La Llorona, meaning weeping woman or the whaler, is a myth um, that includes a woman wearing a white or wet dress, nocturnally wailing, and is usually associated with water. So typically children are warned not to wander off by bodies of water or La Llorona would snatch you. Mm -hmm. Um, The mother archetype of La Llorona has been tied to patriarchal expectations of women in Mexican and Mexican-American culture by authors, historians, and social critics. So... This also is used as a way of keeping women down and oppressing them because women were seen to have been, you know, um, in charge of children. And this is a woman bucking her matriarchal responsibilities. So then the man comes in and she's going to be the evil one and the man conquers kind of thing. Okay. Mm -hmm. So social critics often consider Mexican culture to enforce patriarchal standards onto women, such as being defined by their roles as mothers. So this Mm -hmm. woman is forever going to be identified as the weeping woman, weeping mother, because she was so horrible to have killed her children, which is terrible, but all because of a man. Mm -hmm. So kind of feeds into women being super emotional, hormonal, and Mm -hmm. angry, vindictive, jealous, vengeful, not, you know making it out to seem like it's a bad thing, not acknowledging the fact that in each one of these stories, the man is messing it up. He's leaving her behind and abandoning her. He's cheating on her. He's leaving her for another woman, but he's never blamed for this. Yeah. I mean, yes, she does the act, but there's no acknowledgement of the man's responsibility in this. Yep. um, Or lack thereof. 
La Llorona's falling into the trope of an evil or failed mother having either committed infanticide or having failed to save them from drowning feeds this narrative. So the villainous qualities of La Llorona include infanticide and murdering one's own blood. It's connected to the narrative surrounding Dona Marina, also known as La Malinch, Maltinson. I can't pronounce it. I'm sorry. It, I tried. Um, you might be asking yourself, who is this? Is this a real person? Did you think you weren't going to get away in this episode with a history lesson? Here's a Mexican history lesson for you. Donna Marina um, was more popularly known as Malinch. I, I don't know how to pronounce it. Um, but she was a, an indigenous woman from the Mexican Gulf Coast region, known for contributing to the Spanish conquest of the Aztec Empire. So mm -hmm. Spaniards are coming over and conquering all the indigenous people in Mexico, Latin America. Um, and she acted as an interpreter, advisor, and intermediary for the Spanish conquistador Hernan Cortez. Oh. She was one of 20 enslaved women given to the Spaniards in 1519 by the natives of Tabasco. Hmm. So, you know, you might be thinking, oh, she's just this evil woman that's going to go help the Spaniard. And that's how they perpetuated it, perpetuated it for a long time. But really, she was captured and enslaved, so she had no other choice. Mm-hmm. Cortez chose her as a consort, and she later gave birth to his first son, Martin. Um, he is known as one of the first mestizos, yeah. um, which are people of mixed European and indigenous American ancestry. Um, that's also where the the folklore behind behind the you know mixing of different races and ethnicities starts in that particular part of the world. Her reputation has shifted over the centuries as various peoples evaluate her role against their own society's changing social and political perspective. So we've gone from a very male-dominated, um, obviously male-only dominated world where women were um, less than and captured and all that stuff. Now we're moving into a much more progressive part of the world. So especially after the Mexican War of Independence... Um, she was portrayed in dramas, novels, and paintings as an evil or scheming temptress mm. um, that then got twisted into the La Llorona theme of that evil temptress acting on those feelings and taking it out on men and children. In Mexico today, um, she remains a powerful icon. She is understood in various um, and often conflicting aspects as the embodiment of treachery, the quintessential victim or the symbolic mother of the new Mexican people. So some people have embraced her as this new way of looking at women in Mexico. And like, we should be using her as a, as a person that we should model ourselves after she's been considered like literally victimized by Cortez. Like it was all his fault, which I kind of argue that. And also that she was this master manipulator. So She's kind of evolved over time, and so has the tale of La Llorona, but it's all linked together. And what I'm going to say is, despite Aaron's uh, review of it, it's actually a good movie, and I'm, I would tell you to go watch it. <laughs> it's pretty good. It's pretty good. But, you know, essentially what it is, is it's turned into this, like, Krampus-style nightmare story you tell children to keep them from wandering off or doing the wrong thing, which, you know, it's like Hansel and Gretel, big bad wolf. It probably should have presented the, the movie more as like a character study than as a horror movie. Yeah. It might've been where it went wrong. 
Yeah, I agree. I agree. You but know. it is a good, it's a good story. And it kind of gives you a perspective into that culture of like how women were viewed and how they're viewed now, um, which is pretty interesting. And, you know, we work with somebody that's from Mexico. So I'm interested to have this conversation with her and ask her about it. Hmm. Might be a cool perspective to come at, at a different time to give us a little bit of an update, but I'm really killing it on these super tiny turds for some reason. Yeah. Like I'm doing like 15 minute episodes and I feel kind of bad. Why do you feel bad? I don't know. I feel like I should be giving people more content, but I think people are going to quality over quantity. I think they are because this is some quality content. It is quality. See, you got a spooky story. Yeah. You got a little folklore. You got a little legend. You got a little historical context. That's like us in a nutshell. It is. This is a pretty good episode. Then you got some spookiness. You got some historical stuff. You've got some like, Take down the patriarchy vibes. Yes. Let's burn the patriarchy. Yeah. Burn it to the ground. That's what we're going to do on this podcast, people. We're going to burn the patriarchy. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that entails. And if you'd like to help us, please email us at 31. Does that mean that people have to break up with their boyfriends and husbands? No. Well, what does it mean for them? Why are we? No, that's like saying that feminists want to murder men. Oh, I thought that, oh, so that's not it? No, we don't want to murder men. Oh. Because then society ends as we know it, because then how do we have children? Mm, Two eggs don't make a baby. Yeah, I You've got to have sperm. I mean, I'm, I don't know. Let's take it back to seventh grade biology. I mean, I'm I'm past that that part of life, so I'm kind of like, yeah, it doesn't really. Yeah, but like, we have to have people in order to exist. Do we? Yes, because people die. And then the human race dies. Once I'm gone, like... Wow. Wow. We're really learning a lot about Aaron right now, which is she only cares about what happens to the earth as long as she is on it. Well, I... That's even a stretch. Wow. (laughs) Wow. This has been an illuminating episode, hasn't it? We've really learned a lot. First of all, I totally... Let's just circle back for a second. If I had two children and a man cheated on me, I wouldn't murder my children, but I'd be fucking pissed. Oh, yeah. I'd murder him. Yeah. Would definitely not murder my children. I would murder him. Yeah, I know. So if that ever happens to me, if my husband all of a sudden, not that I have a husband, but if one day I have a husband and he mysteriously dies and there were children involved. I think it's best I don't have a husband. I mean, to each their own. No, I mean, for the reasons we are. Oh, for the reasons that we have had this podcast and know how to murder someone and get away with it. Slash, you can watch Breaking Bad and learn that. Yeah, I know. It's really, which, you know, I did take notes. Just in case. This can't be used against us in a court of law, can it? I don't know. Maybe we better redo this episode. No, we're not redoing the episode. I mean, I do have a hammer next to the desk. You just keep letting, you just keep, Listen, it just keeps getting worse. I was hanging shit in here. That's I see hammer. no evidence of things being hung. Get the hell out of here. Okay. Well, on that note, let's just make sure that we, uh, stay spooky. Uh, bye.